Welcome back into Mining Stock Daily, everybody. We're going to continue with today's corporate updates as we uh, head into the end of the week tomorrow. Ha- actually, before we uh, jump into uh, this corporate update with Minera Alamos. I just want to preface by saying I'm really excited to air tomorrow's long form episode with Michael Howell uh, on global liquidity. It is a really fascinating conversation. So just, you know, shameless plug there. But currently happy to welcome in Doug Doghouse Ramshaw of Minera Alamos. Doug, welcome back to the pod. Hey, Travis. Thanks for having me back on. Uh, let, you put out news. Cerro del Oro is continuing. It's continuing its progress towards development. This is kind of in that nitty gritty permitting process. Uh, you know, last I saw, it's nice to see you're getting rewarded for a little bit of administrative news. Well, for now, at least. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a step, right? Like, uh, it might seem like a boring step, but when you're building a mine, it, you know, you have to get that permitted first. So today, uh kind of is the conclusion of about 18 months plus of of hard work on the ground working on surface rights and preparing all the permit application uh to hand off to our our permitting consultants there in mexico uh who are very experienced in permitting um to kind of guide it through the permitting process now the formal process over over the rest of this year i mean with the goal we hope around year end of having permit receipt for Cerro de Oro. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about, uh, you know, a couple of things here. T- tell me about the, you know, community outreach here. What were some of those conversations you had? Who were the key people or communities you had to reach out to? And what were some of their feedback that you received? Well, Amazingly, 95% of what we initially wanted land-wise was within a municipal boundary. So we are mm-hmm. actually just dealing with the mayor of the local town. Um, and we said, and I said in the release today, we spent longer because we see Cerro de Oro as a lot bigger than that presented in the PEA, which was, you know, eight years of 60,000 ounces a year. As a result, what we wanted to ensure was we had sufficient surface rights for a much bigger expanded operation in due course. The last thing you want to do is build something and then go to a group of people and say, hey, we want to get bigger. It's like you've lost a lot of leverage on on that and you're asking for trouble. So we actually started working with a Nahido that had land that was suitable uh, and located uh, appropriately for uh, a secondary leach pad area. Uh, So, but anytime you work with a Nahido, however supportive they are, and this one was incredibly supportive, we had 100% support from the Ahido on the final vote. It's a series of consultations and it, it takes a long time. Uh, we thought that that was time well spent because we're now in a position where we probably got 120 to 130 million tons of pad capacity that will be part of our permit application. Um, uh, that's more than twice what's required for Cerradoros, uh, you know, according mm-hmm. to the PEA. Um, that means that this project can get much bigger uh, without having some bottleneck of, ah, but now you've got to go back and get more land yeah. to make it bigger. All right. So if you're preparing uh, the technical operation, if you're preparing for a much bigger project, where can you get bigger as far as finding more ounces? What, what is the exploration strategy here are we not really having that conversation yet um (laughs) there are elements of that conversation i won't have right now um 
but but there are there are obvious uh, uh, drill um, expansion uh, potential both on existing claims we have and and other claims that we have surface rights over now, which kind of gives us the the lead on uh, negotiating deals on uh, to expand the package as well, because we've we've effectively made that whole area something that we have the rights now to develop a mining complex on. So uh, I I would say stay tuned <laughs> to okay. some extent on that. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, you know the, the PEA. You know, obviously very preliminary, but the the numbers look really good. All in sustaining costs, eight hundred seventy-three dollars per ounce. Uh, that's, <laughs> I would say, that's in a high percentile uh, amongst your peers. I would, I would, I would assume. Um, you know, it's underneath the ten-year mine life, so you're going to be looking for expansion here. Obviously, extend that mine life. I'm just, I'm curious here about. You mentioned in the news release, you're going to in short course, you'll be looking at a lending program. Mm-hmm. to finance the build of this. Uh, and I, I know private previous conversation you and I have had, you are going to stick to some sort of debt package. It seems like equity continues to be off the table. Yeah, I mean, I can't control our permitting timeline in, in that, you know, we can guide for a round year end, but is it going to be December? Is it going to be January? Is it going to be February? I can't, I don't have full control on that. It's outside of our hands. One thing I do have control of is removing any question in the marketplace about how, upon the receipt of those permits, we're going to actually fund this. I absolutely want to avoid that, you know, that classic kind of thing that we do as an industry of shooting ourselves in the foot, of putting out great news, shareholders love it, and then a week later there's some deeply discounted equity financing to fund whatever that good news is. No, I want to get ahead of that. So my goal is by end of second quarter or end of this quarter, we're into it now, end of this quarter to have a lending package in place, condition precedent that we have those permits uh, to remove any kind of question mark of, oh, the economics of Cerrador are great. How are you going to fund it? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I'm excited. We've we've had a lot of interest um, kind of getting down to, you know, choosing who that partner is going to be. And I think the other kind of intangible of our low capex builds that is lost on people maybe um, uh, is we're not, if you're building something that's two or $300 million, you absolutely are trying to get the lowest cost of capital. When you're producing, building something that's $25 million and has a one, less than one year payback at 1650 gold, you are, le- you know, you're always going to want to get the lowest cost capital you can, but actually it's not quite as important for us. Maybe there's capital out there that's a little bit more expensive, but has less hooks and covenants into us that gives us greater flexibility with its use. And if you think if that capital is maybe four percentage points more than some cheaper money we could get, 4% on $25 million over 12 months is a million dollars of extra interest. Um, You know, whereas big builds absolutely are trying to reduce that interest amount to to a point where, you know, uh, they can be pretty hamstrung by the conditions of of lending packages associated Mm -hmm. with them. So I think it's a it's a lost benefit of our business model of building these low capex projects, and uh, and and we think that Cerro Oro in many ways will 
will look, by the end of it, look very similar to what Darren and the team built at El Castillo, which ultimately grew to a being, you know, peak years of production there were well over 100,000 ounces a year. So, you know, that's that's kind of our future upside model for Cerro de Oro, that it can, yeah. it can get closer to 100,000 ounces a year. And if you do that, obviously, it could be a, a lower risk operation. Uh, compared to some of those bigger, <laughs> those much larger operations where, you know, those companies have to go out and do these high level technical studies. Cerro del Oro only has a PEA. If you're going out and looking for some sort of lending package here, do you expect that whoever is going to partner with you will expect a higher level technical report other than, I mean, even if it is just a $30 million build? No. No, I mean, the, in the conversations we've had with them, they know that we're going to build this off a of PEA. I mean, if you were building an underground mine off a of PEA, I think you've got some real issues. There, there are huge components to uh, an underground operation that you need to have a lot of work done on in terms of studying. Um, with, a, with an open pit heap leach, so long as you've got a robust resource and so long as you've done uh, serious metallurgical work, there's not a tremendous amount that can kind of go wrong. It's probably the one type of project that you can build off a PEA with a lot more confidence than if you saw that same cautionary PEA language elsewhere. I mean, in the case of Santana that didn't even have an economic study, we had greater than feasibility level met on it. We had a 50,000 ton bulk heap leach test pad done there. Uh, you don't get that in a feasibility study. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's the beauty of heap leach. If you've got a good handle on that and a good handle on the resource, uh, in the case of our cost structure for Cerro de Oro, very much informed by the costs that we've just incurred and are, are incurring from an op cost perspective at, at Santana. So we have, we're not just plucking numbers out and benchmarking ourselves against the database. We're benchmarking ourselves against real costs that we, we are experiencing in Mexico and feel very comfortable um, with with the numbers we we laid out in the PEA. Okay, uh, we'll continue to be watching obviously closely. But other uh, other news that we'll be watching here is anticipated drill results out of Santana. Uh, you did you did provide a brief glimpse into an update of what's happening with drilling. Uh, maybe those who maybe didn't scroll that far down into the news release, give us the update of Santana. Yeah, we own our own drill rigs, so we have a lot of flexibility with with drill programs. We can kind of get up and running or or shut it down for a few weeks and not really be incurring too much in way of cost. Direct cost of drilling, maybe $100 a meter for us. Um, And so we started drilling something which uh, called Benjamin and and, uh, a new zone to the west of it, Benjamin West. Um, And... It's interesting. It, there's definitely smoke in that area. Um, it was an easy first target to to drill. I'm. We've done, I think, three holes complete, a fourth one in progress. And when that one finishes, uh, we'll get those holes off to the assay lab, see what we, what we discover in them. I'm really interested in where we're going to be moving the drill rig to, though, which is Zada. It's a big pipe just to the south of our camp there. Um, it's, I've been excited since first seeing it when I was down at site in 2019. Uh, we held off drilling it during uh, COVID where we focused on the mine build and, and near mine site drilling. Um, 
but it hopefully will be the type of pipe which shows the upside potential of Santana. Santana is not a conventional build. It's this bootstrap, one, bootstrap mine. It needs to go through expansion, through expiration, uh, very unlike Cerro Aurora, which is a much easier way of path of seeing how it can get bigger. Um, and so for Santana, we need to show that upside potential of it and drilling at data, it, it will hopefully be able to demonstrate that to the market. So fingers crossed, you never know with Mother Nature, but the we know it's a gold bearing pipe. We know that the results at surface are very similar to what we see above the Nicho pipe. So now it's a question of testing it with the drill bit to get a, a handle on both volumetrics and grade of, of that pipe. Uh, any update on production? numbers there santana yeah i mean the january release was pretty pretty open and frank that you know we were going to have uh limited uh activities in q1 we still produce gold in q1 uh and then we'll start scaling up again in mm -hmm. q2 and beyond um so we've got our year-end financials coming out uh end of this month and we'll have a, a q1 update there and also a you know, try to guide a little as as much as we can under the rules that we are forced upon us. Try to guide a little bit as to what to expect in terms of the growth between Q1 and Q2 and, and what we, we hope for the rest of the year. So that will be kind of end of April for the year end financials and then Q1 kind of update either attached to that or, or right thereafter. All right. Well, that's what's to expect from Monera Alamos. Doug, thanks so much. Once again, for your time, and uh, we'll be probably touching base here in the next couple of weeks, it seems like. Sounds good. Thanks, Trevor. Right. That's your update from Nera Alamos, everybody. Trading on the Venture Exchange with MAI. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.